0: Chapter 9 of The Northern Spy. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gary Conover, Wyndham, Maine. The Northern Spy by J. Thomas Warren. Chapter 9 Old Ben appropriates a breakfast. Gets poisoned. Old Ben Manx soon discovered that he was not pursued by Colonel Montague and his party, so he stopped his headlong career and brought up with a sudden jerk that would have tumbled a less skilful horseman from his saddle. Heh, <laughs> Connel, snickered the old fellow, "That wasn't such a unlucky blow you gave me after all. Hurt a bit, I allow, for this pack on my back ain't quite as hard as a stone." But considering the good act that thou hast come of it, we'll call it square, I reckon. Mighty glad the cunnel didn't chase me, cause this old nag what's under me hain't calculated for a long winded course. Not but that the old critter could stand it, but then it would be a little tough on me. Trots thunderin' hard, and my old bones ain't glued together as tight as they used to be. A valuable critter, to be sure, for certain purposes, among which ain't ridin', I'm sure. Bones too nigh the surface, and ridgepole a little too sharp for comfort. And now, what's to be did? Old Haskins was waitin' at the tavern to give me particular fits. When I comes back, and light's not, that old gossam will squeeze my windpipe a trifle, if he had a chance. "'Shan't give neither one of them vagabonds "'a chance to wreak their vengeance "'on an innocent individual like myself. "'And now I see that the Connell's party "'has gone up to the judge's mansion. "'They are after George, beyond all manner of doubt. "'Dang it. "'It ain't a fair shake at all. "'There must be a whole army of the rebs "'a riding and racing and prancing over this here district. "'And all after poor George. "'That's mean.' It's doggone cowardly! Blow me if I'll stand it. I ain't much to brag of in the way of strength or courage, but then I'm better than nobody if you don't count in the knapsack on my back. I have a keen eye and a long-legged nag and a pair of pistols, and what's to hinder me from doing a good turn for George? He were kind to me once, and kindness goes a long way with old Ben Manx. "'Now the Connell and his chap'll stay an hour or such up to the house, "'and that'll give me a chance to get a bully start on him anyhow. "'Ain't certain that I can catch up to George, but if I don't, "'why, well, maybe I can still find something to do to help the boy. "'I'll try, and trust to providence.' "'So Ben turned his nag down the road and moved slowly and stealthily along "'until he was fairly past the mansion of the judge.' Then, feeling secure, he gave his nag a sharp cut across the shoulders and covered the ground at a rapid rate. Ben rode for an hour, at quite a steady gait, daylight meantime, breaking, and the sun rising. He was not positive that he was on the right track exactly, but as the road had no forks tending to the south, he concluded that, of course, George had pursued the main road, leading towards Beaufort. "'This hair exercise are supposed to be conducive to health,' "'said Ben as he journeyed along. "'And are a grand thing to get up an appetite. "'Stars, but I'm getting hungry as a black bar. "'Trouble howsomever, with me never were want an appetite. <laughs> "'Trouble always was to get something to eat. "'Things ain't divided equally in this word and anyhow. "'Here's a rich chap that—' has his bantry and barns full of the fat of the land, but the old fellow hain't the appetite of a musketeer. I heard he has sucked himself chock full of blood, and here on the other hand is me, but always a dyin' for something to eat, and nary a enough kin I can get scarcely to keep soul and body together. Now seems to me that either the rich man or half have my appetite, or else I order half his victuals and rink. Either way would fail the bill, but I think the latter style would suit me the best. In a few minutes, Ben approached a small, rough-looking house, standing a little back from the road. It was evidently the home of persons in the lower walks of life. Still, the house was occupied, for a window was open, and a bit of green curtain hung on the inner side. Ben concluded to stop a moment. "'Reckon they ain't so poor, but they'd give a feller a bit of corn-dodger. "'This fast, then, are a mighty poor business. "'Tain't conducive neither to health nor comfort.' "'Ben dismounted and tied his horse to the fence and entered the yard. "'He rapped the door twice, but obtained no response. "'They ain't enough politeness to hurt em, I reckon. "'Certain they won't die of it. "'Maybe they ain't to the house. "'Window open, hey!' I'll peek in. Ben thrust his head cautiously within. He took in the contents of the cabin at a glance. It was a moderate-sized room and plainly furnished. It was, moreover, the kitchen, and in one corner was the fireplace. A fire was burning upon the hearth, well burnt down to coals, while a piece of pork was sputtering away at a great rate upon an old-fashioned gridiron. A griddle was lying nearby, and a small bowl of butter ready for the corn cakes. The owner of the premises evidently was not far off. A delicious, savory odor permeated the apartment, and as the smell of the boiling pork reached Ben's olfactory nerves, he smacked his lips and said, "'Dang it! That's a tempting mess they're cooking in there. Wonder who runs this here hotel. I'll try the back door.' bound to have a bite. Ben tried the back door, no response. He then made a circuit of the house, but with no success. Not a soul was in sight. This are certainly a wary, aggravating state of affairs. Half the boss of this ranch right home, I make no manner of doubt that he'd invite me in to partake of that pork and them cakes. Wonder where in thunder he's gone to. "'Tain't business-like to go off and leave a man's premises in such an unprotected condition. sposin I was a thief, which I ain't. "'I might carry off the whole concern, and nobody be the wiser. "'Let's take another look at the window.' "'The old chap now walked up and put his head inside of the window. "'He snuffed the air in a highly gratifying manner. "'Suddenly he scratched his head and seemed puzzled over something.' Now what's to be did? Things is approaching a crisis. This pork steak are well done, in fact, they are actually on the pint of burnin'. In two minutes more there'll be nary a steak there, nothing except a piece of burnt meat as black and crisp as the sole of my old boot. Shall I stand by and see the pork spiled in the way, and not raise a hand to prevent it? Would that be a christian act? WOULD THAT BE A practicizin' THE GOLDEN RULE? DO TO OTHERS, AS YOU'D HAVE ANOTHER DO TO YOURSELF. Supposin' NOW I WERE TO BE IN THE PINT OF BURNING UP, AND THAT PORK STEAK HAD THE POWER TO PREVENT IT. AND DIDN'T I PREVENT IT? WOULDN'T IT BE RESPONSIBLE FOR MY BURNING UP? CERTAIN. AND NOW IF I STAND BY AND SEE THE STEAK BURN UP, GOSH, THE MEAT'S A-SMOKING NOW. HERE it GOES. "'It are an act of charity to the man what owns the pork.' "'Through the window scrambled the old man, "'and in the twinkling of an eye, "'the pork steak was rescued from the fire "'and deposited on a yellow earthenware dish. "'Ben eyed it a moment, then he said, "'There's no doubt that since I saved the bacon, "'the bacon belongs to me. "'I'm hungry, and the steak ought to be eaten before it gets cold.' Cold pork ain't nice so good as warm pork. What's the use of waitin'? Here I have waited for the landlord of this hotel to come to breakfast for nigh fifteen minutes, and he ain't come. Nor ain't ter be seed nowhere, and ain't sent no word when he are comin'. Turnabout is always fair play, and fair play is a jewel. Haven't waited on him while I'll just wait myself a bit. Always did like warm pork, and don't object to griddle cakes. Pork always better with cakes. Ben ceased talking, he went to work. He stuffed his mouth with rich, juicy pork, then began to bake cakes. Ben was proficient, not only in eating, but in cooking. And so between the pork steak and the corn cakes, the old fellow made a hearty meal. Seems to me that we're very kind of the man that owns this place, to provide me with a good meal. If I have to travel again, I think I'll take this road about as well as any. Accommodations are tip-top, and for all I can see, the charges ain't going to be very extortionate, either. Ben was in a very good humor. In fact, most men in health find their animal spirits inclined to be jubilant after a good meal, and when the meal costs them nothing, that is only an additional reason for feeling good. But eating a meal without anything to drink is rather dry work, so at least old Ben concluded, for he soon stretched himself and soliloquized. That pork has made me dreadful thirsty. Wonder if the landlord has a bar in connection with this hotel. Let's see, old Haskin keeps his best always in the pantry. I'll just stoke around a little, and then I must be up and off. Hello, what's that? Ben ran to the window and looked out. Dang it, the old nagas broke loose. Well, she are getting hungry. She won't struggle far, for she is already nibbling over there at the edge of the woods. I'll hit up something to clear up my throat and then I'll be a-moving. Ben searched assiduously for some time, but without much success. At last he espied several bottles up on the upper shelf. It did not take long to haul them down. "'Bully, luck. This big black bottle looks suspicious, though. "'What's its label? Dang it, I can't make it out. "'Let's see. V-I-N-E-G-A-R. "'What in thunder does that spell? "'It are ahead of my learning. Tight poison, anyway. "'Cause that begins with a P. I'll try it. Smells like liquor.' Ben turned up the bottle and took a swallow he spat it out with disgust ah, now i know what that pesky word and the label are it is vinegar and mighty mean at that ben took down another bottle it also had a label he held it up this begins with an O. Oh, so tain't pizen ain't fraid nothing except pizen ben took a nip but blew the contents of his mouth with a wry face by hokey Uh young castor oil ah. I'll try you one more and quit, said Ben as he took up a third bottle and without looking at the label took a swig. Gosh, but it's hot, what can it be? He looked at the label, it began with the letter P. Ben was horrified. P stood in his vocabulary for poison. Oh, I'm done for now, he groaned. Poison for sartin, and what's that? He ran to the window and looked out. A dozen rebel dragoons were at the door. Oh, dear, between the pison and the rebels, I'm done for, sartin'. What'll I do? Oh, my innards, they is a fire. Ben had no time to reflect. He preferred to risk the poison, and, bolting through his side door, he found himself in a bedroom, and in a second he was under the bed. End chapter 9